Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. All right, fact check this podcast, and today I am rejoined by my good friend, Mark Metz. I call him good friend. I don't know. We we do enough stuff together that we have no choice but to be friends. One of these days we'll get to actually hang out, and uh, I can school him in basketball and show him how the old man does it, and, and then we can really say that we're friends. But for uh, for all intents and purposes, we are definitely friends, and today we are going to talk about... We're, right? not, we're not friends. He makes fun of my height. On our other show all the time. Your height, the fact that you're a ginger. All all these things. uh, Your affection for the quarterback. Um, What else? Man, we we rag on you a bunch. You you took a shot at my high-pitched voice the other day. And I kind of let that one slide. And then I randomly thought about it the other day. I was like, wait, did he really say that about my voice? Surely I didn't do that. Yeah. That's all right. I'm used to it. I don't. I see. I don't remember. I don't remember doing that. It's. It's very. It's very possible that I was drunk at the time. You. It was. It was during our morning show, and you said this dude has a higher pitched voice than Mark. I'm like, wait a second. And then you just like kept going, and I was like, hold (laughs) up. (laughs) Can we go back to that part? So see, I didn't say you had a high pitched voice. I said this Uh, other guy had a high pitched voice. No. Okay. It's one of those weird insult compliment things. I'm good at those. Let's ask my children. That's something that I specialize in. I thought you were going to say ask your wife, but you were about to, and you're like, ah, I'll bring the kids into it this time. <laughs> well, you know, that's one of the uh, one of the the sticks of our morning show is that I I have to talk about killing my children at least once an episode, and I didn't do that today. So, so we're going to bring else them. Was was killing their children today, or attempting to? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, beating with hoses or something like that. Uh, all right, calm down. Can't can't get too far down that rabbit hole. <laughs> we'll end up in a uh, laughing and yeah. laughing till we cry again, and then <laughs> just derail the whole episode. You know, I would have guessed that uh, Dag was like a proponent of uh, peaceful parenting, but then he's like, "Grab a grab a hose." <laughs> all right. Maybe that's why he got a vasectomy. It was because he was yeah. a, he was concerned that if he did have children, some of his more violent nature would come out. I mean, we did we did do the difficult people test, and it turns out that he's like extremely aggressive. Actually, I think he, he aggressive was just the highest one on his list, even though his aggressive level still came in lower than all the rest of ours. That was the only <laughs> thing that registered very high on his. <laughs> Yeah, we got to delve into that in our in one of our uh, future shows. All well, of our results on that. 
speaking of aggressive and violent nature, uh, today we are going to dive into the GOP's violent rhetoric that keeps getting worse and almost nobody is paying attention to, at least according to Salon. And everybody knows how much I like to... Actually, I do like to use Salon articles for stuff. They, <clears throat> I think... All right, and so tell me if you picked up on this as well. They do kind of get around to the point, uh, and not the point that they're trying to make, that the GOP is like full of a bunch of uh, violent psychopaths, but they do like make some good points while not meaning to. Like That's the thing that I like the most about Salon, is they are pretty... Uh, they're pretty honest at times without intending to be. Like, they... They tell the truth, just they don't realize that they're uh, laying it out there. Yeah, these these articles that we're about to get into were a bit of a chore to get through, but there are some some nuggets in very strange ways, some golden nuggets in strange ways in these things. Which I mean, like when they say that the right is becoming a little more the anti-democracy is like it's not necessarily the way that you're framing it, but that could be true and i'm i'm here for it <laughs> well like the really crazy thing about this article is all of the things that they so like here in the in the little tagline for the headline it says that the cpac uh senator rick rick scott essentially called for eliminating leftists uh yeah they made yeah. rick scott sound way more based than what i know about rick scott armed rick republicans <laughs> understand what he means like, this is all them reading, like, way, way, way into stuff that these, like, complete pansy fucker GOP, uh, GPAC speaker, yeah, CPAC speakers are not saying or meaning by any means. Like, they are the most spineless sons of bitches on the planet. There is absolutely no way that they are intending this as a call to violence. And the people who are actually paying attention to the CPAC are not reading that into any of this stuff, but like they they have dedicated a relatively long article into looking at how the GOP has all this violent rhetoric. Yeah, it was a uh, very strange that they led with Rick Scott as a, kind of like the <laughs> the person to like uh, revolve this whole article around, like some speech he gave at CPAC, like I. I read the portion that they put in here, obviously, and it, I mean, it, it's something that you might hear at the GOP convention too. Like, I don't, I don't see why that they were so, why they're so freaked out about what Rick Scott said. And Rick Scott is, I mean, he's a, like you said, he's a neocon spineless coward. <laughs> this is not people who, uh, people who are a little more far right uh, look at as anything close to serious. Yeah, so here's here. I'm I'm just gonna read uh, Rick Scott. <laughs> we survived the War of 1812, the Civil War, World War One, and World War Two, Korea, stop, Vietnam. Wait, stop. Did we survive the Civil War? Did we? Did we? Uh, that's, <laughs> right, that, that, that's questionable. Uh, Korea, Vietnam, and the Cold War. But today we face the greatest danger we have ever faced. The militant left wing in our country has become the enemy within. 
The militant left has now seized control of our economy, of our culture, and our country. The woke left now controls the Democrat Party, the entire federal government, the news media, academia, big tech, Hollywood, most corporate boardrooms, and now even some of our top military leaders. They are destroying just about everything they touch, and they've got their hands on everything. This is not the time to be timid. This is the time to be bold. Our nation's future can be bright, but we need a plan to take this country back. I warn you before you read it, though. This plan is not for the faint of heart. It will trigger a lot of people. Based on how Democrats are attacking me this week, I'd say we've hit the bullseye. In their new socialist America, everyone will obey and no one will be allowed to complain. If you do speak up, boom, you'll be canceled. It's time to take our country back, and I'm here to tell you the American people are going to give a complete butt-kicking to the Democrats this November. All right, so I am still looking for the it part of the that. There. <laughs> I'm still looking for that, the part of that that I'm supposed to read into a call to violent action. Um, like, and, and so, you know, another uh, publication that we like to look at on, that I like to look at on this show and that we use on, which we haven't done it in a while. I guess they never gave us that sponsorship, so we said, fuck it. But uh, we tried. Uh, we tried. The Atlantic had an article that it really hit on the nose with this stuff in that one of the things that the GOP has done over the last year is get people elected to strategic positions in uh, swing states, getting people on election boards, getting people on uh, as attorney generals, getting people into positions where they actually have the ability to make sure that no chicanery goes on in the next election. And and that is that's an assault on democracy. To have someone democratically elected to a position where that they can give oversight to an election. That's that's uh, Yeah, it's it's that thing where it's like populism is dangerous to democracy when populism is like literally focused democracy. democracy. Yeah. <laughs> The, like, the thing that stands out dare, to me. How dare they win a democratic election? Yeah, that is real. that is undermining democracy. The thing that stood out to me, uh I roll my eyes now whenever like a Republican politician will brings up the word socialism. Like that word means nothing anymore. And I think that this might be sort of the same trajectory fascism is going to be uh in like a, in a few years, but Obviously, like being right wing or like fat being fascist is to be like way more evil than even a communist in this current culture that we're in. But I think that the left is going to start using the word fascism like a well, lot more. And it's kind of like racism where it's not going to mean as much in a few years. Well, they can't keep using the term Nazi because nazis aren't the bad guys anymore if you yeah, just look at ukraine like we gotta we side have, with them yeah we have to support the nazis because uh, i mean we put them in power so obviously they're the good guys so you can't oops so you can't use the term nazi anymore so they have to shift it to to fascism and like the the really i don't know like the dumbest part about this whole article is the the complete tone deafness of the fact that we all sat through the entirety of the Trump presidency where they were like literally 
assaulting Rand Paul and his wife? Were right. they uh, we like went a, through a summer of love? Yeah, the summer of love of 2020. Like, I, uh, what was the Republican congressman who got shot by oh, yeah, yeah, a baseball field was shot up by a Bernie staffer, right? Or I, not staffer, but campaign staffers. How many, how many instances of some like off the rails GOP -er are there of them going after woke leftist senators or Congress people or what have you? Like, are there any examples of that at all? I, I don't know of I any. Mean, like they the, always got to fall back on January sixth. That's what I was gonna say. Like they keep bringing it back to January sixth, but like anybody I mean, with half a fucking brain has watched all of the videos from January sixth, and you watch as they literally open the gates and let the people in, and it's a it's a guided tour of the Capitol. Like they are walking around with Capitol police. Almost the entire time, like oh yeah, okay. The, like there were, um, there was like a small group that had the chick that got shot. What was going on with that? I don't know. There, it's hard to tell from different camera angles and stuff. Whatever. But that that was mostly violence against someone that they're calling or wanting to fit into the box of the violent extremists, right? Like she, <laughs> she was killed by a Capitol police officer. Right, and I, I and I'm not aware that I saw anything that she actually did that would have, uh, that would have been classified as violent. Um, no. Like, I don't know. It, yeah, that's the dumbassery of it. Is they go through and they talk about all this hyper uh, hypothetical violence that's, that's being insinuated and pushed by the GOP and the right and completely ignore all the actual literal violence that has been actually literally carried out by the left for the last five plus years. Yeah. And it's a, uh, it's dumber at dumbassery. Like in one respect, but another it's, it is like a flex of power. Like they can get away with saying this and it's demoralizing to those of us who, who hated like all this leftist violence that's taken place over the, the past few years and it's also uh yeah like i said it's like a flex of power they can get away with saying this stuff because of corporate media and the culture at large let's see then they talk about this uh eliminationists what did you what did you think about that part yeah this it? was a, a first first time i've actually heard this term before which we'll probably start hearing it a lot more now uh they relate it to tucker carlson's great replacement which is another thing they've actually like admitted to before is like they want to bring in immigrants from the south and you know set up a one one party rule like it's not some sort of conspiracy theory right this is actually part of their game plan like they make it sound like T tucker carlson is some like out there in the ether crazy bastard for saying stuff like this when it's actually part of their game plan that they have openly discussed and talked about <laughs> yeah when in reality like Tucker Carlson is getting a lot of heat right now from the GOP establishment. Like they're lumping the GOP establishment in with Tucker Carlson. And Tucker Carlson has like been the one lone guy on Fox News or anyone who's like mainstream Republican who's been actually good or even neutral on this whole like Russia, Ukraine stuff. So there they're lumping like these spineless coward GOP people in with <laughs> the one guy who's been good. 
and there is a lot of failure to distinguish between like really establishment type GOP or like this the completely spineless GOP that I absolutely hate and and the ones who are legitimately good on stuff because like they lump them all together not seeming to understand that those completely spineless GOPers are mostly on their side. Like there's not that big a a delineation between the Democrats and the neocons, but, but they want to, they like, they're, they're lumping them all together. And it's, that's really weird to me too. And I'm guilty of like, I'm guilty of like referring to, the left as like the left at large and like lumping a whole lot of people in there, including neocons. <laughs> but like, I know the difference between Obama and like AOC or Ilhan Omar, right? Like Republicans called Obama a socialist for years and years. And really it was just a crony corporatist who listened to everything the deep state told them. Um, but you have actually like AOC and Ilan Omar, like relating this back to like the the Ukraine Russia stuff, like I disagree with them on pretty much everything, but they're actually maybe being more logically consistent with their worldview than someone like Obama or Hillary would be. And like the GOP establishment is like referring back to Rick Scott, like they're guilty of referring to Nancy Pelosi as a far leftist. Like now she's also a, a corporatist. See, I think that brings up an interesting point. Because I think, I think in reality, there are. So okay, so we're gonna leave libertarians out of this entirely because they're irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're listening to this and you're one of my libertarian friends, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> for for all intents and purposes, especially for this conversation, that's just the hard reality that you got to live with. Um, I mean, I came to grips with it. A long time ago, so you probably should too. <laughs> um, there are three very distinct groups that you're looking at here. You have the like extreme far. I hate to use that word. The extremely far right, and by extremely far right, I don't mean like the white nationalists and the stuff like that that the mainstream media means. I mean like the uh, like the ultra nationalistic. Uh, What's like your that? America first. Uh, right. Like you like have MTG. Yes. Yes. Based yes, yes. queen. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your future wife. <laughs> I think she is married. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not one of those people that likes to steal people's wives. Oh, well, I tried. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, so you have like that segment of the right. And then you go to complete polar opposite end to the left and you have like the super uber progressive ultra woke psychopaths and then you have all of this big group in the middle that includes everything from rick scott to nancy pelosi and <laughs> and that's those are the ones who as we've seen for you know like i don't know a hundred years <laughs> like those are the ones that are actually running shit like, okay, a Democrats in office, you know, Democrats hold the House, Senate, and presidency right now. What's what's really different right now than when Bush was president and Republicans held the House, 
and the Senate and the presidency. I think like there's there's like more um, like lip service maybe paid to uh, like these woke causes than maybe like and Bush is completely a loser, but I, I think there is something to say to, okay, okay, to like okay. enabling let's, certain behaviors by. Let's transpose it because we do have we do have about a twenty year gap, so there are things that have societally changed. If you took a Bush presidency of Bush with that Congress and transposed it onto 2022, would there be any difference? Yeah, I mean, he what he ran on compassionate conservatism, which was like sort of this like a tolerance for um, more alternative lifestyles and whatnot. So it'd be hard. We'd, you'd be hard pressed to see much of a difference. That's like like maybe in 2002, you didn't see the lip service. But if you fast forward that 20 years where it's more of a societal norm, I, I would almost 100% guarantee you the Biden presidency of today and the Bush presidency of 20 years ago would be fucking identical if you transpose them between years. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> but that's like, so like, that's the reality that we are living with. And for whatever reason, nobody, I don't want to say nobody, the, like the corporate press and everything tries to pretend that there's actually like this separation, that there's actually this difference between that gigantic middle group that doesn't exist. Like it's all semantics and uh, talking points and messaging and bullshit. Like there's no real substance dividing those, but like salon has to run as this like, psychotically uber woke thing that paints anybody who's right of Joe Biden as like this uh, psychotic alt-right ultra nationalist, you know, neo-fascist when that's not even like, like we said at the beginning, like Rick Scott is not, <laughs> is not that. Definitely not. I don't, is Rick Scott in the Senate? I don't know. He used to be. Yeah. Is he still? I, I, don't, know, I don't know what he does anymore, to be honest. I don't know what any of these fuckers do anymore. <laughs> they all just exist for eternity as political figureheads. Whether they are actually in office or not, they always exist in some position. Uh, is basically the way it works. I mean... Who did I talk about that with not too long ago? Like that That is always the way it works. Uh, Alan Mosley of It's Too Late. So he and I did a live stream a couple weeks ago and we were talking about that. Like like you always see it. Uh, there's a, a mayor in like his, where he lives, who was a young, like super woke progressive type. And he got elected for that, for that alone. And he's not going to get a second term, but he'll go on to do something else with the democratic party because he's, he's young and energetic and he hits all, he checks all the boxes and hits all the talking points. And so he'll, he will lose his next, actually he's not even going to run for reelection because 
because he knows he's going to lose. So he's just moving on to do something else with the DNC. Like, yeah. and that's yeah. the way it always, that's the way it is with all of them. Like Mitt Romney was the governor of Massachusetts and then went on to lose in his presidential campaign. And somehow now he's a <laughs> senator, senator from, from Utah. Utah? Yeah. Like what? What? Is he from Utah? Like, how no, he's Mormon, so he fits in there. Yeah, that's, that's some bullshit. And then, and that just shows that shows the fucking ignorance of the average voter. That this guy who was possibly the worst presidential candidate that the Republicans could have picked. I mean, it was fucking Obama light. And then he loses terribly, relocates, and then you elect him to another office? What the fuck is wrong with the Republican voters? Like, just because the guy has an R next to his name doesn't mean you should vote for him. Sometimes it's better to see that, and that, that's where maybe we delineate, because I don't, I don't particularly care. I think if a Democrat wins in some races, that's a good thing. Because that tells the Republicans, hey, you're really fucking up here. Like, if if you're in if your voting base won't elect the guy that you're trying to run, maybe you should reconsider who you're running and how you're going about doing this. Like, I think there's a uh, like a foundation set up. I mean, in a lot of these red states, but in Utah, like especially where the GOP is just so like so entrenched there that candidate that they get behind which they got behind Mitt Romney was going to win no matter what and this speaks to like you said not just your normal like Republican Utah voter but also to just the money that goes in <clears throat> to that particular race I guess like someone primarying uh, Mitt Romney in Utah is just not like they don't have a whole lot of weight behind them unfortunately this is why like Trump was so like they the GOP like fought against Trump for quite a while in the in the primaries and it didn't work. But I mean that's like the exception to the rule. To this day, Trump is still not popular with the mainstream GOP. Like that's his the populist right. movement that got him elected and that has kept him popular with the with the Republican Party is not it's not a uh, there's not a lot of connection to like the GOP that Salon is talking about in this article. Yeah, and this speaks to probably Trump's biggest failure is just filling his cabinet with people who hate him and hate his cause, maybe not his cause, the people who voted for him's cause. Like <laughs> it's probably the the biggest mistake he made. I mean, throw in like Pompeo and all these other clowns, Jeff Sessions into your cabinet. Like, what do you expect is going to happen? Right. You, uh, like all of the people who spent a year fighting tooth and nail to keep him from getting the nomination. And then these are the people that he gives cabinet positions. Like, it's, and I mean, it's like John Bolton's stuck around through several different administrations, right? Like, it speaks to what you're talking about earlier. Like, he's going to find his way in to the swamp somehow. And he did. And in, in Trump's cabinet. Yeah. Uh, uh, shit. How many of these? Uh, 
who's the one that is the one that was talking about the labs in Ukraine? We talked about her on the morning show a couple weeks ago. Um, but, uh, Newland, Newland. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, she's been around since Bush. Like she yeah. has, she has bridged the uh, the the political gap, and she was she was there during the Bush administration. She was part of getting us into uh, the war in Iraq, and she was stuck around through the entirety of the Obama administration and helped make sure that we stayed in all the bullshit through all all of that. She was there during the Trump administration and she's still there with Biden. Like if you don't, if you can't look and see that they're all the same fucking players in the game, regardless of if it's an R or a D in charge, like what, how are people this stupid? I don't know. I'm going to tiptoe around this a little bit, but there is a small little country over in the Middle East. There's a very strong lobbying influence over here in this country. (laughs) <laughs> and you'll find a connection between the most spineless like uh, neocon neolibs and that lobby over here if you you don't even have to look that far really like sometimes they throw the flag in their bio did you see the thing about uh that they are in the works for a natural gas line into europe to supplement the lost gas from all the Russian sanctions. I did not see that, but that does not surprise me. (laughs) Now it all starts to come together. Now we're seeing who's really pulling the strings. It's really like these GOP clowns and combined with like the neolib, the people we're talking about, like that major like center establishment that runs our country more or less they'll fight for the borders of ukraine they'll fight for the borders of israel but (laughs) not our own right i mean not publicly but (laughs) they're still building the wall (laughs) dhs is still out there on horseback rounding up uh illegals and throwing them in cages and keeping them there without due process for months on end uh or longer um like Everything that they talked about during the Trump administration is still going on right now. Uh, with well, they uh, changed the name from cages to I can't remember detention facilities or detention something. facility overflow no, overflow, overflow facilities. facilities yes something yes. like that. So how about this other article? Did you uh, have a chance to look at it very much? Yeah, I did. I did the Putin wing of the GOP, which apparently, according to this woman, is. Everyone again. She's <laughs> slumping the worst people in yeah. with some of the better people. I say so to, to cut to the chase of the article. <laughs> there is no Putin wing of the GOP because because everyone in the GOP supports Putin. The entirety of the GOP are just a bunch of Russian uh, Russian bots, and there there is no Putin wing because the entire GOP is just the Putin wing. <laughs> it's kind of what she gets around to, which is like, like I said, I, I have enjoyed some salon articles, but somehow I managed to find the two that were just like the most retarded possible. Like they completely ignore reality entirely. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, this one was especially hard to read. I 
<laughs> I don't know if it's like her. Um, obviously, this the, the stuff she's stay, saying in here is ridiculous, but like her writing style also was like super annoying. I don't know if you caught that. Like she just seems super whiny. <laughs> I, I guess I'm just used to it with Salon. Like yeah. a lot of their writers seem to be super whiny. So maybe I'm maybe it just didn't register. It's, it's a leftist thing. See, I'm gonna lump them all in together. They're all whiny. <laughs> and of course, like as usual, Liz Cheney is the uh, the bastion of Republicanism right, as far as these people are concerned. She's she's uh, fighting an uphill battle. She's gonna lose, but at least we'll commend her for that. Even uh, leader Kevin McCarthy made a big show of declaring, I don't think anything savvy or genius about Putin. A direct refutation of Trump's repeated application of both words to the Russian leader. Okay, you could hate Putin's guts, and that's still true. Like, he, he's, so, he's a lot more savvy and smarter than, like, 90% of the people over here supposedly running things for us, right? So how many times have they done this, like the, the the mainstream media specifically done this where, and I think we talked about it on another show too, but um, where they talk about Putin's cognitive, cognitive decline and they say that he has Parkinson's. They talked about Trump being, uh, having some sort of mental retardation. Like they, they always have to, they always have to turn it back and, and make some sort of a like a, a handicap or a disability or some like mental defect out of it when instead of especially so I don't think Trump was some like super genius playing 4D chess, but he was definitely a sharp guy who understood his crowd. He understood his base. He understands what's going on. He is a smart, savvy businessman, like for all of the like the failed ventures and bankruptcies that they talk about, like when you have the amount of money that he has, you have the ability to take risks on stuff like that and, yeah. and utilize the tax system to write those off, those risks off. If they don't pan out, like the way he played the game isn't incredibly intelligent. Whether you think he's some, I don't think he's some genius by any means. I don't think he was playing 40 chess, anything like that. I, I just think he was a sharp dude who, knew how to work what was given to him. The same for Putin. I don't think Putin is some like strategic genius. I don't think he's some mastermind manipulators or anything like that. I think he sees the field for what it is and he plays based on what the pieces are, where they're aligned and what makes the most sense for him. I, is it wrong to say that these guys are sharp, smart individuals who seem to have a pretty good idea of what's going on in the world and, and react to it uh, accordingly. Uh, if you're Salon, yes, that makes you a, some sort of like um, Putin Stan or a fascist or whatever. Like, the thing is we're, we were, we're led to believe that like Hitler had, his like main thing was he had these strong oratorical skills and that's how he was able to capture the entire uh, country of Germany. Right. Uh, but <laughs> there's obviously a whole lot that goes, goes into that. Apparently we, I don't know. Can we not say that 
Hitler had strong, uh, was able to capture an audience well anymore. Like that's essentially what Trump is saying. He's savvy. Hitler could speak well. I don't even think he speak well. He could just like capture an, an audience, right? Yeah, like I don't even. Uh, how do I put this? I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that Hitler, per se, spoke well so much as he said the right things with the audience that he was speaking to. He and... was saying the quiet part out loud, and there was like a a society. The Weimar Republic was, I mean, people were sick. I heard someone say this the other day. They're like, Hitler was probably like, people were super welcoming of him before he even started to capture them with his, his screeching speeches, right? <laughs> yeah, like German is not a, German's not a, a particularly uh, pleasant language, but like his, I've heard, I've heard Germans speak and give speeches and you know read you know read the subtitles along with it and when somebody gives a nice speech like you can tell it and he didn't seem to have a particularly uh <laughs> great speaking style i guess is <laughs> like i don't know how to go about doing this uh there's a charisma like trump can't speak well but in 26 2015 2016 like like you said like I'm not comparing Trump to Hitler here, or I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not comparing Putin to Hitler either, but I'm just, this is like the comparison that they always make and relating it back to Trump calling Putin savvy is essentially the same thing as someone saying that Hitler spoke well or had great oratorical skills. Like you're not endorsing the person, <laughs> what he did or whatever. You're just saying like, this is, this is fact. And this is why some people, follow them but certainly that's not the only case <laughs> right 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 and, and you know like you were saying about, about trump like it wasn't that he was necessarily this great orator it was that he knew how to speak to his crowd and get them riled up like if you're on the outside looking in you're probably like yeah okay but if you're on the inside and like he's speaking to you <laughs> then you're like hell yeah let's fucking do this yeah. um so it was like the time that that Trump spoke in at some rally in Alabama and he talks about football and the flag. And, and it's like, and, and the left got like super pissed off about that. It's like, this dude knows his crowd. Yeah. He's he read in, the room. Yeah. He's in fucking Alabama. Of course he's going to talk about football and standing for the flag. Like that's how you get your crowd riled up. You, what What's he going to do? What Like you're in Alabama. You're not going to talk about, any other dumb shit like I, I, <laughs> that's yeah he, yeah he did it in a way that's like like you'll see ted cruz go around and try to like make appeals to uh, different crowds over like sports i think he went he went to boston i think this was during 2016 while he was still trying or running against trump in the primaries and he's talking about brady and deflate gate but Cruz does it in such a mechanical way. Like you could tell he's a politician. You can tell that it's fake. Whereas Trump is actually like just going off the cuff and people recognize that and responded to it. And maybe that's why people don't like, or I say people, maybe that's why like Salon and these people don't like Putin's and Trump's and those like that because they actually can speak to real people. Like, what rational, down-to-earth, just normal human being 
is reading this shit that we're looking at from Salon and thinking, this really makes a lot of sense. They make some really good points. Like, this is the people that they are speaking to don't speak normal human being. Like, they are only, in, they are completely committed to the dumbassery that is in, that is just like etched throughout both of these articles in its entirety. Like it, it's this, uh, what's the like pronouns in the bio, uh, trans LGBTQ, everything BLM, you know, it's, it, it is the, uh, it's the meme. I mean, it's, it's a fucking meme. That's, they are talking to woke meme society with these articles uh, and they can't they can't connect with normal human beings who don't think about everything in that incredibly radicalized fashion yeah and so because they can't think about things in that in anything other than that incredibly radicalized fashion they think anybody who's not incredibly radicalized is a fucking fascist I mean, I don't. That's kind of the long and short of it. Really, that sums up two articles in about seven words. <laughs> it. I don't even want to like address the the Putin wing thing because that's incredibly stupid. But just like talking about Putin and Russia, like itself. Um, like you hear this from these GOP people who are supposedly part of the the quote unquote uh, Putin wing, where they say that. Uh, Putin's like impoverishing his people or whatever and I don't like I'm not happy about Putin invading another country I have listened to the speeches on why I've you know looked back in the history between Ukraine and Russia we've covered this before on our other show I don't want to really get into all that but I don't I don't think that the whole like the number 70 I think it's like 76% say they support Putin and Russia I'm not saying that that's real it's probably fake but I bet there are a whole lot more people in our country who say, yeah, our president's a fucking moron than there are in Russia saying, yeah, our, our president's a moron. And, and I don't think that has anything to do with like some of the, the things that like a salon or, or the Atlantic would have you believe that the people in Russia would say that because they're worried they're going to get gulag. Like I yeah, don't, it's not because that they're, they're not free over there and we are like, what is freedom right. anymore? Like I genuinely don't think that, the Russian people probably think that about Putin. Like, okay, there are, uh, there have been some protests going on. I kind of look at those protests the same way that I looked at the pussy hat protests several years ago. I think that's probably some crazy fringe group that doesn't know what's going on and is out here because, because they probably pay attention to more Western mainstream media and, uh, don't do any independent research or don't think about things other than whatever they get off of the American YouTube channels that they subscribe to. Yep. You're, uh, you're promoting Russian propaganda right now, Justin, on the show. Therefore, you are a traitor. <laughs> And I like how that it wasn't the first article we co covered or this this most recent one where it's like they called us traitors. The Republicans call us traitors, and like the only people being called traitors right now are the people who aren't putting Ukraine flags in their bio. Like it's not even like 
people saying I love Putin. It's people who aren't like on board with the whole Ukraine mania thing. Yeah, that was the first article that uh, that it says like that the the violent right wingers refer to the the actual socialistic uh, like uber woke leftists as traitors because they're because they are actually trying to undermine capitalism and democracy and install uh, socialism and their version of uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, the government. Uh, I mean, that's what they're actually trying to install is yeah. fascism to some extent, but <laughs> the, the, you'll never convince them of that because they're doing it democratically. And they just have to, uh, what fortify those elections a little bit harder right that's uh, that's proof that uh trump was not playing 40 chess because he wouldn't have allowed them to to steal the election like that if he was actually playing 40 chess isn't that right isn't that right like how many of us crazy conspiracy theorists were sitting around in you know watching them not let joe biden out of his fucking basement saying there's going to be some shit that happens in November. Like this isn't going to go down uh, above board. Like, and speaking of rush, Russian disinformation, the laptop recently confirmed just a couple days ago, the one that was <laughs> fake in October what? when it came what? out. <laughs> you mean that laptop was real? You mean that wasn't just Russian disinformation to undermine the Biden campaign? I mean, and proof that Republicans are definitely not Putin like supporters. Like I've gotten into recent arguments with like Republicans about I mean, obviously the whole Ukraine Russia thing, but like specifically Ukraine's ties to Biden. I was like, isn't it curious <laughs> that Ukraine has become like the center of the world right now? Like, and they were also like behind the whole impeachment stuff with Trump and Hunter Biden has very dubious connections with them. So does the big guy, Joe Biden. Don't like, uh, aren't you a little bit skeptical of this? And there are a lot of Republicans who are like, let's, let's send our troops over to, to defend this country. Done. So who, who were the four uh, big name politicians that have, children who have been employed by or are still currently employed by Ukrainian gas and, and oil uh, companies. It's like it's Biden and Pelosi and I want to say Mitt Romney was on that list. And yeah, you surprised. I can't remember who the other one is. Uh, fuck. It's probably Chuck Schumer or Harry Reid or one of those bastards. Uh, whatever happened to Harry Reid? He kind of disappeared. He, uh, Thank you, Jesus. Like, if one politician, politician up, needed to disappear, it was that bastard. He kept showing up to press conferences like black eyes and stuff. Like, apparently, he finally succumbed to the beatings. Whoever, whoever was giving them to him. <laughs> and it's like this shows like the whole like binary world that we live in. Like, you, if you're not all on board with Ukraine, then you're anti-Ukraine pro-Russia or whatever. Like, I actually, I admire the actual Ukrainian soldiers who are fighting for their 
character soil, right? Like not the fake ones like the ghost of Kiev or that woman holding the airsoft gun. Like the actual soldiers that are fighting back against the Russians. Like I, I admire that. Even the Nazis? <laughs> Even the Nazis. Like this is a weird talking point to me. <laughs> I mean, I guess I get it. Like if you are Ukrainian... Uh... There's a reason that the U.S. government put the fucking Nazis in control of Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, obviously they have some sort of a vested interest in the country. So, I, I, yeah. if they're going to fight, like, uh, I don't fight for their own territory. Cool, yeah. like, I get it. Um, I don't necessarily. Uh, no, like I, I like. I don't support obviously all of these wars we've engaged in over the last twenty years, but there are certain like individual like soldiers who I have respect for, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, but I lost my lost my train of thought. Well, that's like <laughs> I, I don't. Nazis. I'm not a big proponent of war. I don't think Russia should have done what they did. But I get it. Um, you know, looking when you look at the geopolitics of the whole thing, you look at what's been going on in Ukraine, and yeah, especially you know over the last eight years or so. Um, like, I get it. I can't knock them for it. Uh, maybe if you know the U S and NATO would have stayed the fuck out of it. We wouldn't have this situation to begin with, like, yeah. you know? Uh, so, I, I mean, does that, does that make me a Putin winger? Because I think we probably should have stayed out of it to begin with. And because I think that, Hey, we probably created this problem that never should have been a problem anyway. Like if we just mind our fucking business and let the world take care of itself, we could probably avoid a lot of this stuff. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, I made the point the other day. I mean, it's not the, the best one, but I was like talking to someone, they have a pretty big property and they don't like obviously, they don't like trespassers on their property. I was like, Well, if you what if they're like a bunch of people who you're worried about trespassing, like aren't necessarily on your property, but they're like right up on the line, like you're gonna want to eventually do something about it, right? <laughs> They're not necessarily on your property yet, but you're going to maybe they're provoking you to come over and like, all right, just like you're threatening us by being like right here on the border. Right. Like if somebody sets up tents on my property line right there, even though they're technically still not on my property, uh, I'm not do something. Right. I'm not going to be real happy about that. Like I'm probably going to sit out on the back porch with a gun and make sure that they <laughs> understand like there's a very distinct line here. You and then up. you got the cops are playing the role of the CIA and your, your example you're giving here and going, yeah, do something, do something, do something. And finally, like <laughs> they provoke you just enough. Right. Right. And it's like, we're still on our side of the line. We're not actually on your side of the line. I mean, I may be taking a leak and it happens to be hitting the tree that's on your side of the line, but I'm not on your side. And it started with one. And now you got like 17 tents out there and they're, they're conducting experiments with bio bio weapons. And you're like, All right, it's getting a little too far here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just saying. Uh, and you know, like, and then going back to the first article, um, nothing about any of the things that they presented in that first article seemed to promote violence in any way that I can see. But like the things that that the right is actually doing. They're good ideas, especially for somebody who, you know, if you are serious about winning elections, 
especially after seeing what happened in 2020 and uh, and you want people to take seriously that the left is a legitimate threat. Like the talking points that Rick Scott made were correct. I didn't like there's nothing about his speech that's actually a call to arms or anything like that. There's nothing about any of these people's talking points that are actually some call to arms. And there is not a single Republican who's sitting there looking at that or listening to Rick Scott speak or anything like that and thinking, hell yeah, it's time to go to war. Like we're going to go, we're going to go murder a bunch of leftists. Like literally nobody thinks that. Like, I don't No, I am way further to the right than Rick Scott, and I would advise against that very much. <laughs> but then you had Maxine Waters like literally calling people to violence, and that was completely fine because it was in the name of racism or whatever. Or uh, f- yeah. sorry, fighting racism. Same thing. <laughs> uh I think Rubio was used in this other article, right? So that, I wonder if this is a tactic, like they're using these centrist, uh, like jellyfish as their examples, like we can make fun of it, but it seems to be a certain tactic that they're using. I don't know if it's just demoralization for those of us who like hate Rubio and Hillary almost equally, but lumping Rubio in with quote unquote far right people. Yeah, I think it's definitely a tactic. Like they, they want you to believe that anybody with an R next to their name is the enemy. Even if that person with the R next to their name is much more closely aligned with the centrists and... Yeah, the ne- neoliberal agenda, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they have to make sure that you understand that it doesn't matter what their what their politics are. It doesn't matter what their positions are. If they have an R next to their name, they are a violent, horrific enemy, and you should view them as nothing but that. Like it's, it is definitely a, a tactic for extreme division. Uh, I mean, there's, I don't know, I don't know that there's any other way to look at it because, like, like we've talked about pretty consistently throughout all of this, Rick Scott and Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz and like all of these, uh, they are all a bunch of like centrist neocon types they are not at all the normal democratic party's enemies they are more closely aligned than they are different but you can't if you're if you're going to support the left and the leftist agenda you cannot believe that anybody with an r next to their name believes anything even remotely close to what you do they have to be a complete enemy. There can no, there can be no subjectivity to it. They have to be the enemy. Period. This is kind of a an aside, but something happened with with Cruz because Cruz was almost despised more by the establishment in 2016 than what even like Trump was. Like they they hated Cruz as well. Um, but it seems like he's gotten, which this is exactly what Washington DC does to you, but he's gotten squishier over the years as well. I mean, you look at like Dan Crenshaw. Oh God. (laughs) He seemed like he was pretty good, you know, when he first got elected 
however many years ago, and now he has proven himself to just be fucking reincarnation of uh, John McCain. Yeah. If if he's even that good. <laughs> yeah, nah. This dude's awful. What are you doing, Texas? Yeah. Squishy, squishy. Definitely not pro-Putin people. Neither are anybody mentioned in the article. Or, I don't know, like, anybody who's like, rah, rah, yeah, Putin, come over here, take over America, too. Like, it's it's not, <laughs> I just want to make it so black and white, like we've talked about. Yeah. There is, there, there are... There is no room for shades of gray in in this uh, progressive agenda. Like it has to be, it's us or them. And if you are not definitively us, then you are definitively them. Never, never mind that uh, most of who they would qualify or classify as us aren't actually aren't actually. <laughs> There's a lot of us and them in that sentence there. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like the people that you. they would qualify, the, the people that they would say are a part of their us group really aren't. It's, you know, it's that three distinctions that we talked about. Like they want everybody who's way over here to the left. They think all of this big middle section that aligns, you know, Joe Biden left. <laughs> is part of them even though they're not at all and so they they can't for some reason they can't draw that line that you know uh those those people aren't actually you either like um what was it blm uh, blm's twitter has called that out a few times like the fact that that the biden administration and the uh the democrats are not actually on board with all of the things that they proclaimed to be during the 2020 campaign. Yeah. Uh, I think the, uh, I think the people that run the official uh, LP account also run the BLM account. This is my, <laughs> this is my theory. Yeah. You might not be far off. <laughs> well, you got anything else to add to this? I think we've been, I think we've pretty thoroughly covered a couple pretty thoroughly awful articles. Yeah. See, we're we're all for our last three because the last article we covered was that one about banning books. That one was pretty awful was... too. <laughs> I wanted to ban that article for how bad it was. Was that one in a salon article too? I might have to I might have to go back to the Atlantic and get away from Salon. Salon is the Salon is really striking out here. Imagine that. This, uh, I think it was the second, the second article. The lady's book made me laugh. The book title. Do you still have that? Oh, where you can find it at the bottom of the article. Yeah, let me pull it back up. I thought they were naming like three different books that she wrote, and I realized <laughs> it had like a, it had a title, a subtitle. I don't know what the second or the third thing is after a subtitle. Whoever exists, heard, it seems that whoever's way. in charge of her marketing should have told them like you you need to keep it yeah. short and make it something that's easily Google Google <laughs> Troll Nation: How the Right Became Trump Worshipping Monsters Set on Rat Fucking Liberals America and Truth Itself. <laughs> I might have to get that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do a review of this book. 
do a review of that. Don't make book. me read that whole thing. <laughs> oh, since I've run, okay, we're going to close on this. I've run it a couple times for, uh, or a couple of Dennis Leary clips for our morning show as you know intros. I had the one from Demolition Man, uh, where he was giving the speech on wanting to you know run naked through the street, covered in green jello or whatever. And then uh, there was the other one that was like the the uh, racist buzzword tirade from Rescue Me. Well, so several years ago, I bought my brother the book Why We Suck, which is a Dennis Leary book. Uh, and it is fucking hilarious. Now, my brother refused to read it because he is extremely Republican. And a lot of it is critical of Bush. And so he wanted nothing to do with it. So he ended up, I got the book for him and he ended up giving it back to me. Uh, so it is absolutely hilarious. Like you should get that and read it. And we should do, especially like since it's, you know, 20 years later or whatever, we could definitely review that one. Cause it, it is so on the fucking nose, like all of the, cause he calls out, I mean, he calls out both the right and the left for the crazy bullshit. Uh, it, it is brilliant uh that that's one that we could definitely review and so for anybody who's listening and has stuck with us through uh these two horrible salon articles and is still still sticking around to hear the end of this go check out why we suck about dennis leary it is hilarious and wonderfully written uh especially especially coming back and revisiting it like 20 years later it's it's brilliant (laughs) check it out well, if you got nothing else, we will get out of here. Be sure to check us out on the morning after every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern in the a.m. Because we do a morning show in the morning, unlike other uh, morning shows that are like midday or some shit. And beyond that, I will be back on Wednesday with another episode for something that I haven't thought of yet, but I'm sure I'll come up with something pretty good. I might, uh... Yeah, I'll tweet something out on Tuesday afternoon and be like, hey, anyone want to cover this with me? <laughs> I'm actually working uh, Tuesday, so it'll have to... I've got to... I'll have to put something together before then, but we'll see how it works out. Anyway, in the meantime, hope everybody has a great rest of your day, great rest of your week, and I will be back on Wednesday with another episode. Mark, thanks again. Thanks for having me on. Yeah.